Hey church, uh, welcome back. What an opportunity it is for us to gather together uh, in spirit and in truth in the name of Jesus. You know, I really believe that uh, you have encountered God uh, during the service so far, but I really believe that you're going to encounter God in a in a deep and a fresh and a new way in His Word. Um, you know, before I get into the, the message today, I want to I take this moment to really thank each one of you uh, for being at church today, for being uh, at the service today, for being on time to church today. Uh, you know, we, we may not be gathering physically, but we are gathering together in spirit and in truth. Uh, and you know, where two or three are gathered, Jesus says, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in their midst. And I really believe their midst does not need to be physically Myths can also be spiritually and God is present here. His presence is here. Uh, and I want to, you know, take this time to thank you uh, for, uh, for taking the time to be here, for spending this moment with us. Uh, and I really, uh, I'm so grateful to God for each one of you that you would take the time to, to, to invest this moment, this time uh, on your walk with God, on your spiritual journey with God. Uh, it really reveals that, being spiritually fed uh, is a priority to you. So uh, I just want to say that it's an honor and a privilege to serve you uh, God's word today. You know, we've been on a, on a series uh, called Kingdom Dynamics and it, it, we've, we've been, uh, uh, we've done about 15 uh, sessions or, se or teachings on this series and uh, oh my gosh, it's been absolutely awesome and it's so, the kingdom is so vast uh, but I really believe that the Lord is leading us to uh, move on to a series of talks uh, on uh, the new covenant life. And the title of my message today is Extravagant. The English meaning for the word extravagant is exceeding the limits of reason or necessity. It is spending so much more than what is necessary or wise. Exceeding the bounds of reason. Extravagance has to do with unreasonable giving or spending money which might be termed as unwise but it's because of an innate quality called extravagance in a person. So extravagance has to do with a, a person being able to express themselves in such a way that to normal people, to other people, it, it might be termed as unwise. It's unreasonable. Why would you even think of doing something like that? Why would you spend so much money on, on this? Or why would you do this? Why would you spend so much money on that? Why would you do this? And why would you do that? But to the person, it makes sense. Only because they have a high value or a quality on the inside of them called extravagance. So growing up in my mom and dad's house, you know, we were a family of six and uh, I, my father used to work in the railways and speaking of my dad, he, he just turned 75 uh, two weeks ago. What a, what, a, what, a, what a phenomenal age to be. Uh, long life is his portion. Uh, you know, and, and my dad used to work in the railways and uh, he used to, you know, to, for work, he used to go out of town uh, to, uh, to do his job and Every time my dad would come back from his duty, uh, my dad would always bring something for us, you know, whether it's fruit or meat or whatever it is. My, being, being a family of six people, my dad never bought six, for example, did not bring just six mangoes for, for us, you know, one for each uh, person in the family. But my dad would bring a basket of 30 or 40 mangoes uh, for us as the family so that we could enjoy it. You know, where I remember... Uh, while we were growing up, my mom and dad had a, a fairly large church, and and a lot of people from neighboring cities would come to their come to their church, and my mom would cook, uh, you know, her special biryani uh, for uh, everyone in church, uh, and it, you know. Uh, it's one thing to really cook for a family, but it's it's extravagance when when you cook for an entire church by yourself. Uh, you know, it's one thing where you uh, where you 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 buy food or you get food at a person's home where the pieces of meat are really small. You know that they've taken uh, you know they have a budget. They're living on a budget and they cut the pieces of meat really small so that everybody in the family get. My mom and dad, we we were not rich growing up, but but we had a good quality of life. 
and my mom and dad uh, would whenever they would have meat in in the in the biryani one piece was good enough for one person it was quite large and i remember that my mom and dad would never you know uh, limit themselves or limit us really experiencing a a a divine quality on the inside of them that is extravagance my my mom and dad always wanted for us to experience extravagance and i really believe that extravagance or being extravagant is a is a quality of god it's it's is his nature it is who he is god is an extravagant god and those who are being formed in his image and likeness also are extravagant the way god is extravagant we begin to really communicate we begin to express ourselves we begin to uh, 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 really reveal this this extravagance because we fully understand that god is the one who provides for us god is the one who gives us life god is the one who provides for us god is the one who takes care of us god is the one who constantly supplies all of our needs according to his riches so when i think about god and i think about extravagance i don't think god is a miser uh, or he's being penny wise and pound foolish you know like the the saying goes where he holds on to every single dirham or every single dollar or every single rupee and he he gives it to us just because there is lack or there is a budget god doesn't live according to a budget but god lives or he functions or he expresses himself according to the abundance of his glory of his riches our god is a rich god our god is is a god of abundance and when we step into this place of understanding that our god is an extravagant god then we would also experience expression without fear you can we can talk about extravagance from the from the from the from the mindset of of just money and finances but there are so many other areas where we can experience extravagance or express extravagance but usually fear is the number one thing that limits us from from expressing ourselves with extravagance if you and i were to really dig deep and search god on the mystery of extravagance we would find that extravagance or this quality of extravagance is deeply rooted in love that god is an extravagant god because of his love for you and i and truly we experience extravagance around our brothers and sisters or our family members not because they want something from you but because they love you we experience extravagance uh, uh, from god not because he wants something in return from us but he just loves you he absolutely is in love with you the way god ex- expresses his extravagance is that he has made every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places available to you and me i mean if you could only understand you can only fathom how vast that is if you can only think that god has not held a single blessing from you every blessing that you would need from now all the way till eternity and eternity does not end god has made it available for you and me just think about how vast his love is if extravagance is deeply rooted in love just imagine how vast his love is for you and i for the whole purpose of god being an extravagant god is so that in his love in his ex- extravagance in his expression of extravagance that you and I would get to know him personally see the bible says in john 3:16 this is one of the most famous verses in the world uh, today john 3:16 for god so loved the world 
that he gave his only begotten son that whoever he doesn't just say christians who believe in him he doesn't just say roman catholics who believe in him he doesn't say uh, hey, hey muslims and buddhists and hindus are not allowed to believe but he is a god of all creation he is a god of all castes he is the god of the human race doesn't matter what religion you're from you can even be a part of the christian religion and you can still believe in this god and he says whoever believes in me will not perish but have everlasting life everlasting life everlasting life for everlasting life is is something that he gives to you and me because of his love for you and me god is interested in you living forever ladies and gentlemen he wants you to experience his blessings forever but see the beauty in in god displaying his love was not just on the cross the bible says in in revelation chapter 13 and verse 8 he says that the lamb was slain at the foundation of the world the lamb who is jesus christ was slain at the foundation of the world that means god created the world god created the the earth he created the world but before he created the world he he established the sacrifice of jesus the shed blood of the lamb it was in the it was the voice of the lamb that began to cover a multitude of sins even before the world was created even before the foundation of the world was laid so you must understand that that sacrifice of jesus on the cross that sacrifice of jesus the lamb even before the foundation of the world was only manifested when jesus came into the world and died on that cross but the provision of it was already made so you can understand when when i say that every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places has been given to you it means that the provision has already been made your blessing the expression of god's heart the expression of god's extravagant love for you is that the blessing the provision of the blessing has already been made the provision of grace has already been made the provision of faith has already been made every every part of your body that needs to be replaced has already been the provision has already been made if you don't have teeth in your mouth god has already made the provision for brand new teeth in your mouth in fact right now i'm really seeing dental angels beginning to replace people's teeth in their mouth receive it while you wherever you are you don't need to go to a, a dentist to do it the angels are fixing your teeth right now this filling gold filling and silver filling check your teeth after the service check your teeth and i really believe that we're going to hear testimonies of the glory of god just manifesting wherever you are but we look at you we look at what jesus has done on that cross he chose to suffer a violent death he chose to allow himself to be hung on that cross naked and shamed by his own people what an expression of love what an extravagant expression of love and i really believe that that god has brought us into a new covenant with him he has made a covenant with us and that in that new covenant god expresses himself with extravagance i want you to go with me now to jeremiah chapter 31 and we'll read verses 33 and 34 but this is the covenant that i will make with the house of israel after those days says the lord I will put my law in their minds and I will write it on their hearts and I will be their god and they shall be my people. Wow, that this is so powerful because God is like I said last week during communion that God 
has put the fulfilled laws. Jesus has fulfilled all the laws and the prophets. He's fulfilled all righteousness and all of the fulfillment of the laws has been embedded into our hearts, embedded into our minds. But he also says, and I will be their God and they will be my people. You can see God being a little personal over there. You can see God saying, hey, listen, I want to make a covenant with you today. I want to make a, not, not just Abraham and not just Israel. I want to make a covenant with all of creation. This is powerful church because he is saying that the covenant that God makes is a new covenant, which means all the other covenants were fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And God is saying, okay, now I'm going to make a new covenant. So which means all the other covenants are good. It's been done, it's been fulfilled. But now there's a new covenant with all, with the human race. And that new covenant includes the fulfillment of all the laws, the fulfillment of all the prophets, all the requirement of righteousness has been fulfilled. Now, Jesus, God is saying this, I will be their God. It's amazing that God is the one who makes the covenant, but He doesn't require anything from us. He's the God who makes the covenant and He's the God who keeps His covenant. Which means, you know, it's not a contract that, that God makes and He says, okay, I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to, this is my end of the deal and that's your end of the deal. God makes a covenant with Himself and with us and He says, hey, listen, I will be their God. I will put the fulfilled laws in their mind. I will fulfill, I will do, I will be the fulfillment of the laws and the prophets and righteousness and justification, all of that stuff. And now I'm going to impart it into their mind. I'm going to give them my spirit and I'm going to be their God and they're going to be my people. He's, he's taking personal ownership, personal uh, uh, ownership of the contract, ownership of the covenant. And so we see now in verse 34, he says, No more shall every man teach his neighbor. He's saying no longer will a man teach his neighbor. What, what, would, what does he teach? And every man his brother saying, Know the Lord. Which means God is saying in this new covenant, it's not about, uh, it's not about John coming to you and saying, Hey, listen, you got to know the Lord and this is how you know him. There is no more method. That's what he's removing now. In relationship with God, in the new covenant, he's removing methodology. And he's saying, listen, now you can go from conference to conference. You can listen from message to message to message to message. But if you don't know the Lord personally, all of these things just become knowledge. Actually, let's read that verse again. No more shall every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother saying know the Lord for they shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest of them says the Lord this is very powerful church the new covenant that God is bringing us into is a covenant where each and every person has their own responsibility to know the Lord for themselves you can go from church to church. You can go from conference to conference. You can listen to every message that has ever been preached. But if you don't take the initiative to know the Lord for yourself, you will not experience Him for who He really is in your life. And God's desire for you and I is for us to know Him. That word know over there means to personally have an experience of God. Personally, intimately know Him. You know, uh, intimacy in a, in a relationship does not happen between many people together. Intimacy happens between two people that nobody else knows about. The term secret place comes from there. It's God saying to, He is so amazing that God takes it can take every single human being on the planet and make them feel like they are having a personal relationship with Him. He can speak to everyone at the same time. And you will all feel, every single person will all feel that they are getting personal attention from God. This is how amazing He is. 
Not just on a Friday or a Sunday when you go to church, but every second of the day. This is God. He's made himself available in this new covenant saying, hey, listen, I want to be your God. And I want us to have a relationship that is a personal relationship that carries an intimacy between you and me. Not just, hey, listen, I know God through the saint. I know God through the pastor. I know God through the pastor's wife. I know God only through my life coach. I know God only through because I attend Life Church Global. No, ladies and gentlemen. Your responsibility in this relationship with God is to experience Him personally in your life. Personally. And to experience Him personally, you've got to actually start believing His Word. You've actually got to come into a place where you say, okay, God, I've prayed through other people before. I've asked other people to speak to you on my behalf. That's going to the pastor for prayer. I've asked other people to, to do things for me that I should take responsibility for myself and have this relationship with you because God wants you to know Him. You know, intimacy really means into me you see. So if God says, hey, I want, in this new covenant, I want to be your God and you can be my people. There's this, there's this relationship thing happening over there in the new covenant. And, and he's saying, hey, listen, the way I, wanna, I want you to know me is when you allow yourself to experience the extravagant, my extravagant love towards you, my extravagant giving towards you, my extravagant expression towards you my extravagant blessings in your life. I I want you to experience all these things. Why? It's because I want you to know me. And a relationship, intimacy with God is is where you say, God, I I, I want to pour out my life upon you. I want to extravagantly love you, God, so that you could know me as well. Yes, we know that God is all knowing. But at the same time, He's also personal with you. And He wants to know what is in your heart. He wants to know what is in your mind. He wants to know what is, what is happening on the inside of you. What are your thoughts? What do you think about life? How do you approach things? How do you, how do you see His kingdom? I mean, God wants to interact with you and me. God wants to partner with us. He wants you to partner with Him in, in, in establishing His kingdom on the earth. But you've got to, you've got to come into that place where you you understand that it's not about just receiving, receiving, receiving now. God is not a blessing ATM that you put your 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 trump card, your your card into the ATM machine of, of your Bible verse and your faith, and you press the password now, and then you get your, your blessings out of it. He's not a blessing ATM. But God, uh, in His extravagance, in His expression of extravagance to you and me, where everybody thinks that this is unwise for God to do this, to favor you like this, His intention is for you to know Him intimately, for you to know Him personally. But I have a question for you. If you were to look back at your life, if you had to look back at the last seven months, eight months of your life, When you went to God in prayer, when you went to God to ask Him for a blessing or a breakthrough, what was the intention of your heart? If your intention to go to God was, hey, I I, I believe in this God being a supernatural God and and I go to Him and I pray and man, shucks man, things happen, you know, blessings happen and my 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 health improved hey you know uh, my financial uh, you know uh, uh, i'm i'm more financially stable today you know i have a job you know all that kind of stuff we testify about it but we really fail to testify about how much we know him we fail to testify that in the breakthrough i found him In that moment of breakthrough, I figured out how amazing His extravagant love is for me. See, a lot of times we go to God and we we use Him for for blessing. I mean, let's just be honest about that. We know that He's a powerful God. He does supernatural things and, 
and we use Him for what we want. But I'll tell you, God's intention, His heart for you and me, is that in His hope for you and me, is that in His expression of extravagance, that you would actually know Him intimately. This is powerful. I really feel like as a church, if we can come into a place where we we stop using God and we start getting to know Him, it will completely change our prayer language. It will, it will completely change our communication with God. If we need a, for example, if, I, if we need a breakthrough in our life, I, I'm not saying God, give me a breakthrough so that I can, I can have finances uh, to feed my family. God, give me a breakthrough so in my health so that I can, I can live longer. I think our communication would change to um, saying, God, could you, in your mighty power, provide this breakthrough that I need so that I could know you more? Or can you, can you demonstrate your power in, 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 in providing a job for me so that I could know you as a provider? a supplier. I want to know you as Jehovah Jireh, my provider. I want to know you as my healer. I want to know you as the God who who is my savior. I want to know you. I want to know you. And this is really the new covenant. The new covenant is I will be their God, nobody else. And they will be my people and nobody else can teach you about knowing God. John can come and teach you, teach you, teach you all you want. I can pull out revelations from the back of my head also. I can pull out revelations from the scrolls of heaven. It will do absolutely nothing to you. You'll be wowed by the revelation, but that's all you would be. Just wow. Whoa, what a revelation. Wow. But if you don't experience God in that revelation, if you don't apply that revelation in your life, you will not know Him personally according to that revelation. See, God reveals and we respond. Why do we respond? Is because we know Him. He doesn't just reveal that He's a a powerful God, but He reveals how much He loves you in the demonstration of His power. In order for every relationship to be successful, you have to have good communication. And when I say good communication, communication is not just one way. It's not a monologue. Communication, good communication is a dialogue. It's a dialogue which involves transparency. It's a dialogue which involves vulnerability. It's a a dialogue that involves honesty and truthfulness. We expect God to be truthful to us. We expect God to be honest with us about Himself, about His kingdom. But, but for what? So that we could just do church? So that we could just feel good about, hey, I made the right choice by receiving Jesus as my Lord and Savior? We're, we're, we're missing out the big picture that God hasn't planned. It, it, the restoration of humanity to their heavenly father is, is something that Jesus paid a price for. But that restoration is a restoration of relationship that involves communication. You can't say that you have, you have uh, great relationships with people when they only know the good side of you. You can't say that you have great relationship with your friends and your life group when you are not yourself. You, you give in to fear more than you give in to vulner, being vulnerable and transparent. You're too cautious about being used. And people knowing information about your life where they will use it in, in the future against you. You're, you're so concerned about what people do because you've gotten to know their bad side by experiencing it but I want to encourage you that God is not like man. He he doesn't function according to the ways of man. God functions 
completely differently from man. He says, my thoughts are not even your thoughts. My ways are not even your ways. Why would you treat me like, like how human beings treat you? But he's inviting us into this place of understanding why God is an extravagant God and why, why we need to be extravagant with one another. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to I want to explain something to you. Extravagance is not only about money. It's not only about spending money lavishly or unwisely. Extravagance has to do with time, how you manage your time. It, how do you serve the Lord? Extravagance is seen in how you give to the Lord. Extravagance is seen in, in how you utilize your time for the Lord. Paul says in the book of Romans, everything that I do, I do it unto the Lord. You know, Kelsey's, one of Kelsey's love languages is quality time. And, and really, I understood it's not about just being with Kelsey, but it's about the quality of the time that I'm with Kelsey. What do we do that, that, that really communicates my, my love for Kelsey and Kelsey's love for me when we are together? See, you know, families my, today, with, with however busy you might be, moms and dads, you might be busy. You know, I, uh, you can be with your family at the mall, but you can be on your phone answering your text messages or answering your WhatsApp messages or answering your emails and really not being extravagant with your family and not being extravagant with your family, your family is not experiencing love. They're not experiencing, they're not getting to know you because it is in, in spending time with one another. You're not going to get that time again. You're not going to get it back again. But you've spent that time with, that fam with your family. What is your intention when you're spending time with one another? See, Kelsey and I went for a walk on the beach the other day. Uh, and and while we sat down uh, to have some tea on the beach, which is something that we love to do, we were just sitting down and there were tons of kids around playing in the sand and all that kind of stuff. And there was this lady who was right in front of us uh, on her phone and she was so caught up in her phone that she did not even know where her kids were, were where the family was gone. Uh, she was just aimlessly walking with her head in the phone, lost and in another world. And I really felt in that moment that, that you know, being with the kids, being present with the kids really communicates that you value them that you're being extravagant. You are sacrificing your commercial needs, your, your office work in order to be present with them. And if you understand why as a church, we have a high value for the presence of God is because God is investing time with us. He's investing, He's being present in our presence. It's not just God is present. Okay, now healing miracles, signs and wonders will happen. Yes, that's a byproduct of His, his presence being there. But His presence in a room, in, 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 when you experience His presence, it's because He wants to be intimate with you. He wants you to know Him. That's why He would not be anywhere else but with you. And every single person in church would experience Him personally. He's a personal God. And we love spending time with people. We love using this commodity that God has given us to invest it in people. We take our time with people. We don't just do short meetings. We do long meetings because we believe that what we do in that time with you, if you can only open up your heart to experience the extravagance of love that comes from Kelsey and me into your life, you'd understand and you would get to know us better and we would get to know you better. Our, our, our heart's desire really when we spend time with people is to get to know them. So I want to encourage you, you know, whether you're at Life Group, whether you are hanging out with the people in the church, what you do when you spend time with one another is more important with how much time you spend with one another. 
because extravagance is seen in the quality of your time together i want us to um to understand that in the kingdom of god us knowing god personally and god knowing us personally is a part of the new covenant and the way we reveal who we are to god is when we are extravagant in our love for one another the measure of your love for god is really seen in the measure of your extravagance of your love for your brothers and sisters whether in church whether outside of church whether at your workplace where wherever it is they get to experience an extravagant god because you choose to not hold back quality from them a lot of times you know when i was working i saw i i saw so many of my colleagues really hold back from giving quality work to the company because they just felt like the company did not value them see but our responsibility when we're at work in our jobs or in our businesses is to be able to give our 100% express ourselves a hundred percent to the best of our ability because in in that extravagance of love for the company or for the business they would get to know you better and when they get to know you better they will value you more i would love for you to um to go to luke chapter 7 and we'll read from verses 36 onwards this is a beautiful story of of extravagant worship before god to god In verse 36 it says then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him and he went down to the Pharisee's house and he sat down to eat and behold a woman in the city who was a sinner when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house brought brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil and stood at his feet behind him weeping and she began to wash his feet with her tears wiped them with the hair of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with fragrant oil wow this is beautiful verse 39 says now when the pharisees who had invited him saw this he spoke to himself saying the pharisee spoke to himself saying this man if he were a prophet would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him for she is a sinner and jesus answered and said to him simon that's the pharisee i have something to say to you so he said teacher say it There was a certain creditor who had two debtors one owed 500 denarii and the other 50 and when they had nothing with which they could repay he freely forgave them both tell me therefore which of them will love him more Simon answered and said I suppose the one whom he forgave more and Jesus says you have rightly judged and he turned to the woman and said to Simon do you see this woman i entered your house you gave me no water for my feet but she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair with the hair of her head you gave me no kiss but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time i came in you did not anoint my head with oil but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil therefore i said to you her sins which are many are forgiven for she loved much but to whom little is given the same loves little wow this is such a powerful story you must understand what's happening here this woman who a woman in the city who was a sinner when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house bought an alabaster flask 
Now, I just want to stop there for a few seconds. She knew that Jesus was sitting at the table in a Pharisee's house. And she comes to the Pharisee's house to worship him. How many of us have gone to church previously because we know Jesus? How many of us have gone to church for church? How many of us have gone to church because our friends go to church? How many of us go to church because my mom and dad goes to church? Or how many of us actually go to church because we know Jesus? See, it would be awesome to be a part of a community where every single person in our community goes to church not to know Jesus, but goes to church because they know Jesus. It's a powerful word there. This is powerful. If you understand what I'm saying, you go to church because you know Jesus. Not because the pastor preaches a good word or the worship is awesome or, or there's miracle signs and wonders happening there or it seems like there's revival happening there. No, ladies and gentlemen, I go to church. You and I should go to church because we know Jesus. That Jesus is at that church. A lot of times we go to church because we need that boost for the week. <laughs> we need that shot in the arm of, of the, the energy of Elohim. And so we go to church to get, ah, to, get ooh, to feel, ooh, I, I feel good now. I can go through this, this storm in my life. How many of us went to church Life Church Global, when you went to church, when there was a church service happening, that everything was fine, you went to church. But then when the pandemic happened, you stopped going to church. When, when church started gathering on the internet, when church started gathering in the spirit, how many of us have really gone cold in our hearts towards the community that God has called us to, the community where, where, where God has place this in. How many of us have gone cold in our hearts towards one another because we're, we don't have to meet people. We can see them online once a week. Or we can see their names pop up on the chat and we say, hi, you know, whatever. Or we don't even need to go. I'll watch the service later, man. I don't even need to watch it at three o'clock. I'm more interested in, in, in my gym membership and I'm more interested in, in uh, you know, I, I want to spend uh, time, you know, developing my life. I want to read. I want to I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to develop my life. So at the time when God is meeting with His people, you are meeting with yourself or your friends outside. How many of us place a higher priority on self rather than Christ. See, if that's your life and if you feel like, shucks, I've been called out right now. I, this is a heart check moment because I really believe that God is, 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 has been extravagant with you and you've gotten to know Him, but you're not placing a value on Him. I really believe that that, when, 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 that you, some of you have not experienced the extravagant love of God personally. And so when the pandemic hit and you were in the safety of your home, in the comfort of your home, you decided to make self a priority rather than Jesus a priority. See, if you love Jesus, if you know Jesus, you will know His body. If you know Jesus, you will know His body on the earth. If you place a value on Jesus, you will place a value on His body. Not conditions. Oh, you know, these people don't love me and that's why I don't go to that church. You didn't go to church because people love you. You went to church because you love Jesus. I think there's, a, there's an alignment of a value system that needs to happen. It's not about you. It's about you knowing Jesus. That's why you go to church. 
It's because you want to come into a, a moment, a place where you express yourself and, and you allow the extravagance of your love to be expressed to God so that God could know you in a public environment. And now when, you, when we have church online and the church is meeting in the spirit, you are absent. <laughs> We're meant to all gather together at the same time as a church, as a family. And now you've placed a, I can watch it later, you know. I don't need to be with the family together. You're saying that you value yourself and everything else that you do in your life more than you value Jesus. Well, you might argue and say, well, you know, how do you know that, you know, my, my, my relationship with God is awesome. I don't need the church let me tell you something. When you say you don't need the ecclesia, you're saying you, you only love the head but not the body. You can't say that you, you love Jesus and not love His church and whatever expression the church is. See, extravagant love. She, this woman, knew Jesus was sitting at the table and she comes to Him. As she comes to him, and a lot of times we only talk about the alabaster of fragrant oil that she breaks at his feet and the whole room. And, and we talk about the, you know, the, the people have taught before, the whole room is filled with perfume, with fragrant oil and all of that stuff. But I want to I wanna bring your attention to extravagance in her worship. She, Jesus is now sitting at this table and he's coming now and this Pharisee has done absolutely nothing. Guest services in the church has done absolutely nothing for this person who's walked in. He is the most, he is the, 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 the guest for the evening and the guest services have done absolutely nothing for him. See, I want to I wanna highlight something. If you are part of guest services in our church, and if you were welcoming people and telling them, oh wow, you know, uh, we, we love you. Welcome to church. Hey, you know, we're so glad. Today's going to be a good day. Your life is going to change today. You know, all these things that you would say to people, give them a hug. How come it stopped when the church service stopped? How come now when, when things have relaxed a little bit that you're not guest servicing anymore? You're just serving yourself. How come that's changed? Because in that extravagant love, you were doing it because it was a function and your name was on a roster and you were just doing it. You didn't do it because you knew Jesus. Because if you knew Jesus, you would never stop. You see, this woman, Jesus talks about her worship and worship, you know, people in worship ministries or singing ministries have really used this as a, as a, as a, as a foundation to build a worship ministry. But I want to show you something that this woman did not sing a song. This woman did not clap her hands. This woman did not dance. This woman did not lift up her hands and say, praise the Lord. This woman did not play the guitar or play the drums. But this woman stood behind Jesus, weeping. She stood behind him, weeping. She fell down on her face to a point where her eyes were on his feet and she just wept and wept to a point where her tears began to flood Jesus' feet. Can you imagine how much of tears that is? Her tears were, uh, were flooding Jesus' feet. She took her hair, which in Hebrew culture is, is meant for honor, something that was meant for her honor. She took her honor that she received and she began to wipe his feet. Jesus did not wear shoes in those days. He wore sandals in those days. His feet were probably dirty from walking the streets. But she did not care. With her own hair, she took and she was wiping his feet. Feet. She was kissing his feet and then she took an alabaster flask of perfume and she broke it at his feet, fragrant oil. And Jesus points to the Pharisee and he says, Hey, when I came to your church, 
you did not wash my feet. You did not give me water to wash my feet. Jesus saying, hey, listen, give me water to wash my feet. But this woman did not give Jesus water. She, her, she took her tears and she washed his feet. If you were to say you are sitting here and you're listening to this message right now and you compare yourself, your worship to God, your expression of extravagance to God, is it just money in the offering? Is it just church attendance? Are you doing people Jesus a favor by attending his service? Or are you really so in love with him that your tears from knowing that you are so forgiven is being poured out at his feet right now? That you're, it doesn't matter whether you're at home in quarantine or you're in a public place with 400, 500 people, that what matters to you is I know Jesus. He says, Jesus says in verse 47, Therefore I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven for she loved much. You must understand what Jesus is trying to say here. This woman did not come to Jesus and say, Jesus, please forgive me. She did not say the sinner's prayer that we get people to put up their hands in church to say. But there was something about the extravagance of her worship, her extravagance of her love poured out at Jesus' feet that communicated something about how she felt in her heart towards him. He figured out, he saw her heart. She was communicating from her heart to his heart. And she says, hey, he says to her, therefore I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. Why? For she loved much. And Jesus goes on to say this, but to him, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. This is powerful. You know, when you hold back your love, the expression of your love, your extravagance of your love from your wife, from your husband, your kids, your life group, other life coaches, your pastors, other pastors, the people in the congregation, the people in your church, the, the people that you call family, when you hold back your love from them, when you hold back because you've been hurt, people have hurt you, things have happened in your life, people don't care for you. I just want to explain something to you. Jesus is saying, the one who loves less is the one who has been forgiven less. It means that you've not come into a place where you've understood that God has already forgiven you. It's like, it's like people who don't know God has forgiven them hold unforgiveness against other people. But you don't understand holding unforgiveness against other people is like drinking poison and expecting other people to die. But the problem is that you are dying a slow death because of unforgiveness in your life. And Jesus is saying, hey, listen, you know, you want to be forgiven? Love much. Just pour out your love. Be extravagant in your love. Don't worry about what you'll get from people because in the extravagance of your love, people will get to know you intimately. Some people may, not, may, may take advantage of you, but eventually one day they will come to a place where they will know you and they will realize that they made a mistake by treating you in a different way. And then he turns to the woman and he says, your sins are forgiven. It's such a powerful story. Being extravagant, being extravagant in your expression to one another in our community, being extravagant in, your, in the expression of your love or your worship or your singing or your music is allowing people to see into you 
that you've seen into God. When you are intimate with God, when you have this open relationship with God, it says that God has been extravagant with you. He's extravagantly expressed His love to you. He's extravagantly expressed His blessings over your life. He's extravagantly expressed His favour over you. And when you receive His extravagance, the intention of your heart is to know Him more. The prize, the treasure is knowing Him. The treasure is not the breakthrough. The treasure is the Lord, knowing the Lord of the breakthrough. But the new covenant is about loving God and loving people. You cannot have, you cannot just experience an extravagant God and hold back love from people. However bitter you may be, however hurt you may be, however damaged your relationship with people are, you've got to always be Christ-like to people. And I want to encourage each one of us today Make Jesus a priority in your life. When you express yourself, when you reveal yourself in, without holding back your love, people will see you for who Christ has made you. They will see your intimacy with God that your expression of love, your extravagant love is not based on what people do for you, but what God has done for you. I want to invite you into this relationship with God where your worship is not just singing. Your worship is not just playing instruments. Your worship is not just rapping or painting or, or doing graphic design. Your worship to God is your extravagant love poured out on Him. You go over and above. How do you manage your time with God and with people? How do you invest your time with God? I mean, how much of time do you spend with on God? He's the God who has given you time. He's the one who gave you life. How much time do you really spend with Him? How do you lavish? How, do you, how are you extravagant? with your time with God? How, ex how are you extravagant with your life group? Is your work more important than Christ and His body? You might be in this region and you might be like, hey, listen, my, my visa, it depends on my job. Yes, for sure. But you have a time to do your work. A man is worthy of his wages. But after your time at work, how do you manage your time? How do you extravagantly love God and love people? You've got to put yourself in that place where you ask yourself the question, am I a good steward of my time? Am I extravagantly spending quality time on people? Because that's where really God sees the expression, His expression through your life. So today, I want to bless you that you would have a worshipful week. You would have an extravagant week where you would experience the extravagance of God, that you would know Him personally, but also you would extravag be extravagant in your love and your worship with people. That you would take the time to invest time with people. You would love not just people you want to change, not just people you want uh, something from, no. You just sow your time and quality time with every single person you come across. And I can guarantee you, those people would know you better and you would know them better. The same way that you know God and God knows you. I want to declare over you, church, that God loves you and God wants to know you personally. I want to invite you into having a personal relationship with God. If you have not had that personal relationship with God and you want to have that relationship with God, right now on the chat, I want you to say, hey, God, I believe in you. I want to have this relationship with you. I want to have this personal relationship with you. I want to know you personally. And in doing that, you've already made the first step. 
You've already taken that first step and you're allowing the Lord to take all the other 99 steps. It's so beautiful, right? That He takes all the 99 steps. That 99 steps is extravagant love towards you. And so I want to welcome you into a kingdom. I want to welcome you into a family of extravagance. This family is not penny wise and pound foolish. This family is a family of extravagance. We are generous because we're extravagant lovers of God and His people. Just in closing, if this is your first time, we have a uh, we have a link in the in the description below, um, you know, for a Zoom chat. Uh, so our pastors Amos and uh, uh, and Priya Connect pastors will be there, and their team will be there to greet you uh, and to, so to just get some information off you and to get to know you. And it's awesome to have a a video chat with with people wherever you're at. You don't have to change your clothes. You just have to meet them and say hi and give them some information so that we can hang out later. Uh, and if you need prayer, if you need a prophetic word, if you need uh, to, to experience um, people really um, of faith, really standing in the gap for you, we've got a link uh, in the description uh, in, this, in the video, a Zoom link. Why don't you just join them there and they'll pray for you and they'll prophesy over you and they'll declare you, they'll propel you into a beautiful future, the future that God has in plan for your life. So what a privilege it is, church, for us to gather together like this. Uh, we're so grateful for you. We're so grateful to our church. We're so grateful to our media teams for, for making this possible. Uh, Kelsey and I love you and we can't wait to see you in person. Bless you. Love you. Have an extravagant week.